Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Mad Mum Luke's. I'm Mahin and I'm joined today by my co-host Sim. Before we get started on today's show, I want to give a quick shout out to the folks who pay our bills. Cause our launch good I just checked today. Y'all need to be hooking us on, man. Come on, 16 bucks. So we have a launchgood.com, first of all. We have a launch good um that's up right now that we are trying to raise some money for five thousand dollars. Um little nice little segue because we really need funds we are in the red this youtube stuff is no joke how much are these cameras man but these are like 1500 dollars cameras each so just to recoup some of this stuff we can't do any further projects until we get this money back um so a lot of the conventions that we do a lot of recordings at so definitely look us out for our launch good but in the meantime since we don't have like to help us pay our bills we do have sponsors um first of all you know everyone who makes money wants to put their money away into good you know good accounts um you know don't go don't put it in the savings account go to wahid and like keep your money there wahid invest they'll keep it protect your money and keep you out of riba keep you away from war of allah and his messenger all right and then once you got that money you know you got to get that spouse um and then there's no other better place to find that spouse than halfardine.com check it out it is also private so your aunt or uncle unless they're on it too maybe and you get matched up with them which i guess is a possibility <laughs> but a creepy promo. <laughs> you know. but uh you know that would be, be great good <laughs> you know but half Ardeen, what are you doing here halfardine.com <laughs> to get married and then finally Jeez. if i can get you might not get married but you will die at some point in time that's why y'all only got 16 dollars you promo like this here <laughs> <laughs> so we want to make sure that we have that you got yourself set up with an islamic will mywasia.com because we don't want to go far taking your children and turning them into like christians or atheists or mormons or whatever else is out there or Scient- scientologists yeah scientologists that, so. that's where they're going to end up that's worse than anything Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we have, and so we have a promo code for Mywasia. Check it on the show notes um, for that. And I, by the way, don't you love like how everyone can make fun of Scientology now? Like everyone's <laughs> just, it's not. They don't even have a term. <laughs> like it's not. They're, what, what's they're that? Not prote- they're not protected. Yeah, there's no Islamophobia term yeah, or anything right. for them. Yeah, but they'll sue you. That's the thing. They, they will. They have the courts on. <laughs> did a Tom Cruise butcher that for him? Like they were kind of like people respected him, and then he like. Took it down the rabbit hole. Yeah, well, no, no, no. They they were never respectable. Oh, I think. Now they're just Mission Impossible now. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Like that? All right. <laughs> so let's get started. We, we we got some guests on the show today. A, rec- a return guest, Nader Tabata, founder and the CEO, managing director, what do you want to call it, Islam uh, by Touch? Everything. Say co-founder, man. I don't want my wife to kill me. Co-founder. <laughs> and then he is joined by... What a uh, Abu Hafsa Abdul Malik Claire, who is also I'm not the co-founder of nothing. I'm just a speaker. Now, is that your official name, Abu Hafsa? No, it is not. Okay, no, mm-hmm. I did not change my name because a lot of these people named <coughs> Abu something. No, they I end up in it. some kind of prison. Abu, no, Abu Hafsa <laughs> is my is a nickname. Okay. You know what my first name is? Jerome, believe it or not. Jerome. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's very rare to find a white dude named Jerome. You know, my dad's named Jerome too. So it's like really? two of us. yeah, it is rare, and I used to. I used to go to school with that name, and um, people ask me, "Did you ever get like made fun of because you're blind?" And I'm like, "Nah, I got made fun of because I'm a white kid named Jerome." <laughs> Je- yeah, and I've never met a white dude named Jerome or a white dude Jerome. named like Tyrone. No, I never met one of those. A, t- a white dude named Tyrone? I never met a white dude named Tyrone. Oh. Jerome, I did. But okay. see, that's the thing it was it was it was cool to me growing up like that because I had a lot of black friends and they influenced me heavily. 
but they wouldn't. We would have. I had two other black friends. One was name was Corey, and one was name was David. Mm. So I'd hang out with them, and we would like play with people and say, "Okay, which one of us is named Jerome?" And I never got picked even once. Wow. I was always Corey or David. <laughs> I was never Jerome. So now that you work with Abu Hafsa, why is how did y'all get linked up, and what does Abu Hafsa like have any relevance to Stand by Touch? So, um, so I we got linked up actually. I got his phone number for some brothers in Turkey that he worked with. Um, there's a group in Turkey called IBQS. Uh, it's International Union of Braille Quran Services. So their whole thing is they're trying to just because <clears throat> apparently I guess Quranic Braille is in different forms, right? So they're trying to unify the Braille to put Quran in that same kind of Braille, the actual Quran in Arabi, right? So uh, so I linked to them and uh, he did something with them a couple years back. Um, so I was just telling him, like, hey, do you guys have any contacts over here? Because I was like the first person, the first uh, Muslim organization for blind people that they've ever heard of in North America. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, so we, uh, so we, I linked with them. I told them, hey, do you guys got any contacts in the area? They said, yeah, we know one brother. He gave me their number. He gave me uh, They gave me his number. And I uh, reached out to him, and the rest is history. You they know? gave him my um, private number, too. I was yeah. surprised at that. <laughs> just, oh. I don't even I don't remember giving it to them myself. I probably I must have, but they gave him my private number. And uh, and what Abu Hafsa does is um, he's actually uh, we we hired him on, so he's actually you know he's part of the Islam by Touch team, and he's uh, he's a speaker. Uh, he takes care of some of our social media stuff because you know, mashallah he he did a really great job for himself. So I figured we could take advantage of that, and uh, you know he's been doing the speaking thing for years and years and years. So he's a great benefit. So Abu Hafsa, I actually want to dig back into your little background a little bit. I know we don't want to rehash your entire story because it's on YouTube and yeah, there's like all one hour, hour and a half talks and stuff. Yeah, it's all over. But th- there's a couple. But, but real <clears> quick, <throat> so you come from a trailer park in Canada, right, of an Irish background. Yeah. And I'm you're a, a wrestler. I was a wrestler. Kind of. And you're blind. And you, um, well, you were born without eyes. Born without eyesight. Born without eyesight. Yeah. Born without eyes. You're seeing his eye no, right he, there. No, he said last night that eye's not real. Oh, that's not real. He's going to tell my story. I'll just sit here and let you do it. That looks awfully real. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was, okay, my left eye, I wasn't born with a left eye. Um, Unlike, you know, as a TLC reference. I was born with um, damage to my right eye. So I had a right eye to say that, that, but I didn't have no left eye. So these eyes that I have now are um, prosthetics. Prosthetics, yeah. So they're pretty angry, mashallah. Yeah. (laughs) I already know. So, yeah, so I grew up in Nova Scotia, Canada, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, trail Park. Well, yeah, Trail Park, boy, from there. I, I liked it. I grew up as Irish background, if you want to say. No, I don't know anything about Braveheart. Don't ask me again. <clears throat> um, I wrestled uh, in school from the age of nine, and I ended up becoming the first blind person to be accepted in a pro wrestling school eventually. So, yeah, man. What year, and what year? How long did that take? I mean, you st- remember you're talking about in the beginning that you lost a lot because you were skinny. Yeah, I was skinny, a small kid, and then you eventually, you know, crapped, I got, crapped I got, it. You know, well, wrestling is is one of those things that you have to learn by doing it. Like there, you can't like like martial arts. You can do kicks and you can do punches at mirrors and stuff, and that's fine. I did that too for a little while, but wrestling you have to actually learn to wrestle by wrestling. So at first you just you just get beat up a lot. And then you start to learn, okay, this counters that. You can go through drills and stuff, but nothing beats a match, you know? So I lost um, for like three years, just every day. <laughs> just walk in, just get beat up and leave until I was about 11 or 12. And I started to win a little bit, and I got better, like anything. And then my final season, as in school at least, I was 21. And I went 29-0 and 0 that year. 
So I did okay the last year. And then I took my Shahada at 21. Okay, this 21 is... Wait, so so wait, are you wrestling against other blind people? No, not some, but not most of the time I'm not. Oh, wow. That's not fair. It's not fair for them. (laughs) (laughs) So you you think your lack of not having sight gives you an advantage in some way? I think so, because a lot of the sighted people used to under... Like, they used to underestimate me a lot. He's blind, I could beat him. And then they used to end up... I mean, sure, a lot of them did at first... But eventually they didn't. Like I, I, you know, I was in the gym three times a day. Back then, I was I was working out a lot. I was working out heavy, and um, I just I just got better. Alhamdulillah, and ended up winning. You know, I was very reactive. I told you all this story last night. I had a taxi driver that used to take me home every day from school. So me and him used to wrestle here and there, like just messing around. He's, a, he's an adult. I was a kid. So he came up from behind me once, and he locked my arms. You know how you like you grab someone like that, and you just lock their arms. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when he did that, my head snapped back instinctively, and I broke his front tooth out. Oh, no. Like, I didn't think of it. I didn't even think of it. It just it's happened that way. So I got, I got very reactive um, from, from, from wrestling. I learned a lot of discipline from it. I think I said I had a lot of trouble because of it, too. That's why I was scared when I was walking you around on the way to the studio. I was scared when you were walking around. <laughs> <laughs> y'all got steps where there ain't, shouldn't be no steps. Why come y'all got half a step? It was weird. There's like half a step, and there's no like cement on the other side. It's strange. For so, old people, right? So, one thing you mentioned um, in your talks is that you, you're as you're growing up because you, you can't see, you don't understand a concept of white or black or race. No, I don't know anything about any of that. Still, like, and the black kids adopted me when I was little. Basically, like they kind of took me in and, and befriended me and took care of me. And I remember talking to a um, black history teacher in high school. Because we had a, a cultural awareness trip in, like, 12th grade where we took a bus and we all, like, rented it and chartered it or whatever from Halifax, Nova Scotia, all the way to Philadelphia. And I was the only white kid on the whole bus. So I asked his teacher, I said, why do you think that I've been accepted so easily? He said, because they know what it feels like to be different. And they, you know, they they know what it feels like to be treated differently. And I think that they subconsciously, you know, accepted you based on that. And I was accepted by, I had a lot, I had more black friends growing up than any other friend. I see. Yeah. And then how did you get introduced, you know, your story about like reading the autobiography of Malcolm X, how did that like come about? Was that through the movie or? No, I, like I, I loved my friends, you know, my friends are my friends and they were more like my brothers and my family as it were, like I was with them every day. So people kept telling me, <laughs> mainly Caucasians would say, you know, they're different than us. And I'm like, how are they different than us? Well, they're black and you're white and, you know, so on and so forth. The, the funny thing, though, is I was only white to them when it came to dealing with black kids. Otherwise, I was just blind. Like my, when I when they found out that my eyesight wasn't there, I was disqualified from any white supremacy nonsense that there was. Mm. So I was always blind, blind, blind. But then when they wanted to take me away from my friends, then all of a sudden I was conveniently white. So... People that took me in and, and treated me well, I wanted to know more about them and about their history. So I started to get really into my friend's history. People like Nat Turner and people like Malcolm X and, and so many other people like that um, over the years. Huey Newton and Black Panther Party and all those different people. So I loved Malcolm. Malcolm was, Alhamdulillah, Malcolm had stood out to me. Even though his message wasn't directly to me, I gravitated towards it because sometimes when you hear something that's right even if it's against people that may look like you or may 
be related to you or connected to you. If you're a just person, you'll say, you know what? This is actually right. Like, black people have been shafted over here for centuries. Malcolm X isn't a racist for pointing that out. That's just, that's that's what happened. Now, his his years of calling people indiscriminately devils is, is a different thing, and we can disagree with that all day. But in general, he wasn't really, he was speaking more about the empowerment of black people. And I, as, as a person who have always kind of favored justice, inshallah, I like that. I like the way he delivered his message. I thought that's amazing that you could captivate an audience of thousands with your words. So Malcolm X, you know, he fascinated me. And of course, we know towards the end of his life, he was talking more spiritual and more Islamic. And the idea of the concept of Allah always fascinated me too. That Allah is not like his creation, that he is perfect, complete in his oneness and incomparable to, to anything that he created, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that concept fascinated me too, which led me towards wanting to become Muslim. Interesting. Now, in Canada, though, because I, I lived in Canada for like three years, black folks in Canada are like more of a Caribbean descent. Yeah, um, the black folks y'all dealt with is in Toronto. Um, Nova Scotia is not so much like that. Nova okay. Scotia, black people have been there since the 1700s. Okay. Um, a lot of them came even before the Underground Railroad. They came through the War of Independence. That's I think that's not the 1700s, but they came with the British loyalists. Um, Nova Scotia actually had a certain indentured servitude which is is basically slavery it's a polite way of saying slavery so black people have been in nova scotia f- since the 1700s um you're talking more about toronto which yeah is mainly caribbean you're right mainly jamaicans and and, and trinis and stuff like that but nova scotia isn't isn't that way okay. nova scotia is a very um old place in terms of european colonialism from maybe 1604 nova scotia was established and, and halifax is from 1749 it's an old city so it's been around for a while. So someone who came, because you, you mentioned that your family it's, wasn't that, like, religious. Uh, you know, you probably have a, what do you say, Catholic background? Yeah, um, just, like, nominally. Nominally, okay. I really practice too much. I remember you were saying that your dad, when they found out you are being Muslim, <laughs> your dad was like, as long as it keeps you out of jail, I'm cool with it. You out of jail. Yeah, that's <laughs> what he said to me. <laughs> <laughs> right, but... um. Like, so with the concept of, were you always interested in the concept of a god? I always believed in God. I wasn't spiritual like that, though, because I never understood certain things and no one could properly answer it to me. Like, I never understood why I had to pray to a person. Like, okay, why does God need assistance? Like, why can't I just talk to him directly? I never understood that concept. And I don't want to, like, disrespect Christianity or anything like that. I don't quote the Bible. I don't, I don't know much about it, and I don't, I don't pretend to know about it. It's not my thing. So I just never understood the idea. And, of course, Catholics have saint for this and a saint for that and saints for wayward souls, which I'm sure my mom talked to quite a bit. Um, the saint of lost causes, which I'm sure my grandmother talked to quite a bit. <laughs> uh, like all these different saints that they have to pray to. And it never really, like, I never really got the concept of that. Like, why can't I just ask God himself? If I was created by him, he didn't ask the saints to create me. So why is it now that I have to go through middle people? Why do I, why does God need customer service reps, you know? For mm. what? I never understood that. That's something I never understood. So Catholic Catholicism and Christianity in general because again, you have to, you know, pray in Jesus name and stuff. I never understood praying in anyone's name except except for God's name. Allah's name as it were. Later on I found that out. That's another thing that attracted me to Islam is that you have a direct line to Allah, one on one. It's you and him. You talk to him. You pray to him. You ask him for help. You worship him as your Lord. And, and, and you know, 
to him belongs the most beautiful names, man. Subhanallah. So I I like that. But but how did like the media and things that are negative about Muslims and Islam or whatever is perceived about our religion, how did that, that not affect you? I think a lot of people have those same type of thoughts that you do with regards to Christianity, but they really don't. When they look at Islam as an alternative, they're like, well, those are the crazy people from the well, East. Well, remember, my influences were, were black influences. No. Oh. I don't even know what's going on here. Sorry. That's not me. Oh, that's Nader, who yeah. did not turn off his phone. Hey. Oh. No. So, hey, listen, I'm blind. My phone talks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's off now. Go ahead, man. So, yeah, so when I was a kid, remember, I, I, I had a lot of black influences, and the media was constantly lying about black people or over, over, like, you know, taking some bad examples and magnifying them into becoming the norm. So I was always saying, well, they lie about black folks and they lie about Muslims too. Like I didn't really look at it like that. I didn't look at it as something that was valid because every country that they were showing me, whether it be North Korea, China, Palestine, whatever, all had strife, like all had like some issues going on with them. Like that was, I was from the eighties and nineties. So they had like Tiananmen Square. They had issues there. They had North Korea had issues. They had Palestine had issues, obviously. And of course the whole Islamic, um, media blast hadn't quite happened yet right they were still there but not as much as it is now so i didn't really take it serious because they lied about everybody else yeah <laughs> like they lied about and, and what folks. year was this this i took shot in 96 but okay. i was learning about islam in 92 okay so they had lied about lots of different people and i knew the media weren't really trustworthy like that as much right because i also knew that africans africans weren't what the media said they were Right, Africans spoke many languages, and Africans built dynasties, and I knew all that. So, Africa to me wasn't a, a, a continent of ghettos and jungles and stuff, as the media do, did then and still does try to make it seem like. So, I didn't really trust them too much. I was very, I was very observant <laughs> for a blind kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as Malcolm X goes, I, I don't want. I want to cover this point before we, you know, get into like some Dawa stuff that we wanted to talk about. Um, we were talking on the way over here that like a lot of people have said that if Malcolm X were alive today, he would not be welcomed into the Muslim community. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I would agree. I think that in terms of African Americans, we we have we like stories about people, but we don't actually like the people in the stories. Yeah. Right. So we'll read Malcolm X's autobiography and we'll go, "That's so cool," and he's so cool because it's easy to say that because our brother had been killed; he was assassinated. But there are lots of people out here now that have taken on that banner of Malcolm X. They, they actually may even know more than him, rahmatullahi Islamically. There's lots of, of brothers out here and sisters, too, that are, that are doing a lot of good work. And we don't look at them as the Malcolm Xs of today, necessarily. Right? And, I, and, and again, like, this is, this is our, our thing. We like stories about people. But we tend to not like the people in those stories. So a brother who speaks well, a brother who studied well, he's not going to get over in the community because he's the wrong ethnicity or because he doesn't sing or because he doesn't play drums or because he doesn't rap well or because he doesn't, you know, tell all the jokes. Malcolm X would absolutely be ostracized because people would be scared of him. He would be saying things that would scare people, as he did back then, rahmatullahi He wasn't controversial for the sake of controversy. He was controversial because he knew that there was a lack of justice in his society, and he spoke about it. You know, and today he would absolutely be ostracized. And I just think they would. Uh, I think it's a situation where, as if he said some of the things he said then, and he says it now, 
in this age of political correctness, forget about it, man. Yeah, he would. Oh my God, he wouldn't be Ima- allowed. Imagine, imagine him saying chickens coming home to roost yeah. after, uh, you know, like <laughs> like like nine eleven or something like that. Forget about it, man. Brother, <laughs> you need to correct your tone. <laughs> Okay, neither lives no. here. I don't. No, so. he's not talking about me. No. He's like, that's what they'd say to him. No, they'd say, oh, they wouldn't they even. Say. No, they wouldn't <laughs> say you need to correct your tone. They'd take the mic from him and say, "We don't supporting what he said. <laughs> yeah. That is very bad thing." Not or to say. you know, we, we, we you know we we have <laughs> proper adab. Yeah, yeah, correct them in private. You know all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, Malcolm wouldn't wouldn't be accepted in a lot of our communities right now. That's unfortunate because there are so many of of brothers who, like I said, are just like that in a lot of ways, and they're not accepted. Okay, so the thing is, a lot of folks today are like in the activist realm or in the political realm, and they feel like they are doing that kind of work of fighting oppression, but at the same time, they may be sacrificing certain things about Islam. So what's the difference between those people of today and Malcolm X? Malcolm X, in terms of, of Islamic knowledge, he I mean, he was only Muslim for like 11 months. He He went to Hajj. And lived as a Muslim for eleven months, and then there was no, you know, big scholarships to places and things like that. So he learned what he could and did what he could with what he knew. So it's not even about it's 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 he was on his level, and may Allah give him jannah, may Allah forgive him and have mercy on him, and make him from among the shuhada. There are brothers now who just who know better. They know more, and they 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 change things and do weird. Slogans and other things of that nature, and and use this intersectionality, <clears throat> which is which is you know, Malcolm never did things like that. Intersectionality was never his thing. Islamophobia slash homophobia slash whatever phobia. Malcolm X was never about intersectionality necessarily. Uh, uh, when you say when you say like um, you know like some people they claim to be activists but they're giving stuff up from Islam. Like what? Like give me an example. Like protest. Like. Co- collaborating with LGBT groups. Yeah, for yeah, no. That was the main one. Yeah. That's the most obvious thing yeah, that's happening man. right now. That's I why I don't even like this, man. <laughs> but that's why I don't even like the word Islamophobia because it's too much connected to the other phobias that we have. And I don't like that. I don't think that it's, it's appropriate. I think that some people are just anti Islam. They don't like it. Well, they don't call it anti Semitism. Yeah, they don't call it. They don't, they, <laughs> like they don't call it Hebrewophobia. Didn't <laughs> you know they? what they I'm saying? That. They it's don't call it blackophobia. They nope. don't call it. So we need Latina to not phobia. necessarily. You know what I'm none, saying? It's, yeah, it's too close. It's too weird for me, bro. It seems like there was an agenda when they, when well, they named that. You're gonna get in trouble. I don't no, care, well, bro. No. <laughs> well, 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 the whole thing, the whole thing of these phobias and these terms that are designed to, you know. But see, what ends up happening, and this is, we should take lessons from the from the black community over the years. Whenever they've aligned with with other groups like that. And they have done so over the years. Those groups tend to get what they want while black people don't get what they want. Black folks are still fighting for to not be shot by people, right? By not to not be shot by police. And they've been fighting that since the 60s and the 50s, and they're still fighting it. And they've, they've partnered up with different groups, and those groups have gotten whatever they wanted out of them and have kind of left them to the side. And I'll tell you that even the Muslim community has, has, has done that to them. We have Muslim that will praise Bilal ibn al-Bah in the, in, the, in the country. They'll praise him all up and down how he was. And he was a great Sahabi and the Adhan was, was done through him and so on and so forth. Ahadun Ahad, you know, y'all know the story. But yet, if you bring a black person who's qualified in the masjid to talk, he probably won't get the microphone because he's one of the black. <laughs> right? right? Al-Aswad. 
So we have to understand that this is we're guilty of this too. We we've we've built communities on the backs of black people. The Nation of Islam, and may Allah guide them, have have done more in terms of basics than than a lot of us have done in terms of drug rehab, in terms of gang intervention, and so on and so forth, and so many other things that we can't deny their positive contributions. We don't agree with them theologically, but we can't deny that they've contributed a lot to us. And as Muslims, we would not be practicing, uh, able to practice as much as we are because of without their contributions. You have to recognize that. I got you. So then you become Muslim, and then uh, you got your pro wrestling thing going. But then I know you got involved in some Dawah work. You, you rolled with uh, Ayara and then Gaidas. That was a long and, time ago. Yeah, that or a long time after that. I was actually annoyed with my community because I became Muslim in Toronto. I went there to work, and I became Muslim there. And I didn't realize that there were Muslims in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I, I didn't know there were any. So in my head, when I was flying home after my job contract, I was a camp counselor up there in Toronto. I had it in my head that I'm going to be the only Muslim in the whole place. Like, that's it. I'm going to build my mosque. I'll have to do that because you have to build a mosque. That was, you, you have to kill your own animals, you know. That was You have to do, like, for, for your meat to be halal and so on and so forth. I had that in my head that I'm going to have to do all these things. When I get to Nova Scotia, um, I found out that there actually was a masjid there. And there were Muslims there and they were very comfortable. And they weren't sharing Islam at all. Under Well, not at all, but very few people were actually sharing Islam. There's a few, but their work wasn't being supported and they were just, you know, pretend. Like, you know how, how sometimes you look at dawah as a hobby that you yeah. do like once a year or whatever, twice a year? That's kind of what was being done. So I was annoyed with that. And I thought, okay, I could either be angry with them or I could try my best to do my part. And Allah, you know, gave me a gift of being able to speak because of pro wrestling I guess, and it just kind of took off from there. I would give little five-minute reminders in the masjid from stuff that I had read that day or stuff that I had heard from Imam Siraj and others because Siraj Wahaj was a big influence on me early on. Again, because of the Malcolm X and black people and, and them taking good care of me, he was someone that I would listen to. Um, Dr. Jamal Badwi was another one. I think y'all know Dr. Jamal. Yeah, 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 yeah he was old school. He's, yeah, but he's, he was basically the... I guess he didn't. He doesn't like it if I say this, but he was the imam of Halifax. He was the imam of the city. He'd never accept that for himself, but that's what he was. And I didn't know who he was at the time, but I listened to him, and he treated me very well. But Siraj gave me that motivation to 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 just keep pushing forward because you know what, your Islam is between you and Allah, and your ibadah is between you and Allah. And I just started sharing little simple things that I heard, and and eventually I thought Nova Scotia is too small, so I moved to Toronto and. All that other stuff started, man. Speaking and working with food banks, and as you said, Ayara came later on, and and it just there's so much between. I went to Africa for a little while and did some dawah there, and that was a lot of fun. Got married over there, got divorced over there too. I'm did a lot of married. I know divorce is an ugly word. Don't say divorce. I I I did get divorced while I was there, and I got married when I was there too. So alhamdulillah. And then Ayara and guide us, and and here we are. The, the, the thing about Dawah is interesting. So you you mentioned um, that there's a specific insta- instance where when you came across the masjid in Halifax, and then you there was the, ver- the verse in the Quran about the the like the hearts being blind. In yeah. So like yeah. that really resonated, and then that was to you. I mean, summarize that point. Like, d- I d- dig into that a little bit because there's a question I want to ask about that. I was I was raised up by my mom 
and I wasn't allowed really to use the word blind in her house. Now, I don't know if that's a good idea today, um, but this was in like the 80s, early 80s. So blind people really didn't, like accessibility wasn't even a word. <laughs> Nothing was accessible to us, really. We, we didn't have a whole lot. So my mom would see blind people who would live off of the fact that they're blind and they can't do anything. So she would associate that with, with blindness. And this is, sometimes I don't explain it properly, but this is why I wasn't allowed to say the word blind. I was, I couldn't see, but I wasn't blind. She had a, ne- she had a negative connotation. Yeah, to she it. had a negative yeah. connotation to it or a negative influence from it because she would see blind people and they'd be rocking like this and back and forth and doing or all looking this crap. Everywhere. Or looking everywhere. What's going or, on, guys? Or, <laughs> yeah, or just, or just not. And I'm, I'm the whole Stevie Wonder thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but I, if I made a million dollars a show, I'd do all this too. Yeah. Well, well, when Mahin said that there were a couple blind guys coming over, here, I was picturing you guys were going to be with, Playing wearing piano, sunglasses, and yeah, smiling on, all the time. Yo, what's up with that? What's all? Oh, keep going. Then I got a question about that. Wear Ray-Bans. <laughs> nah, so she had a negative, you know, a negative image of of, of blindness. So I was, I couldn't see, but I wasn't blind. So I lived my life like that. So whenever you'd hear like the people, you know, in the shopping mall, they would say things like, he's blind. And I wouldn't know who they were talking about. I'd be like, who, who's blind? Blind person. <laughs> Start looking around for the blind person. But then if I heard he couldn't see, then I would think, yeah, that's how about me. So I never, I, I, blindness never entered my head. The word wasn't allowed to be used. So then when I read that ayah, that it isn't the hearts that are blind, it isn't the eyes that are blind, but it's the hearts in the breasts that are blind. I was like, yeah, that's what my mom was saying all all along. Your your heart isn't blind. Your eye, your eyes just can't see. So again, I don't know if I would necessarily do that now with blind kids because there's so much available to them, and blind people are doing a lot of cool things now. But at the time, it was it was it was what she what she did, and I think she did a good thing for it because she never. She told me years later, she said, I, the one thing I wish I could have taught you was how to be afraid. Because I travel all over the planet now, and she's nervous every time I get on an airplane. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, and I go by myself primarily. I don't go with anybody else. So, but, me. but that verse, when you came across that, you were like, wait a second, dude. You got this verse in your book, and like, yeah. no one told me about this? No one told us. Well, even the whole book itself, like you have... The cure for racism in the Quran, in the Akramakum and Allahi Itqaqum, that that the best of you are the ones who are God conscious. That's the cure for racism. You can't look at a black person and look at them as inferior. You can't look at a white person and look at them as inferior or superior or anything else. Because the best of us are the ones who are God conscious and you're judged by your deeds. You know what I mean? So the cure for racism is there. The cure for poverty is there. Zakat is the cure for poverty, right there. You know, there's so many cures in the in the, in the Quran for us, and I got mad. Because I'm like, you have this book, this incredible book, and you don't share it with people. You don't let them understand it. You don't give it to them. You don't give them access to it. And I, that made me actually really resent the people for a minute. But then I thought, well, maybe they don't know how to share it. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe they don't know how to speak the language well, which is which is accurate, actually, to be fair. Because there's a lot of first-generation Muslims in Nova Scotia, a lot. Y'all are not like that here. Y'all have like three and four generations of Muslims in your family. So... They don't have that in Nova Scotia. So I was kind of hard on them a little bit. But then I realized that I can speak the language. And I do know how to orate. And I do know how to tell stories. And I do know how to talk in front of people. So maybe I'm supposed to do this instead of complain about it not being done. You know? 
Because you can do that all day. You can complain about stuff all day. And not being, it's not being done. This isn't being done. That's not being done. Well, then if it's not being done, then they should do it. And then it's done. <laughs> you know? You can complain or you can get busy. But you cannot really do both. So that's, that's how the whole thing started. I never thought it would get this big, though. I never thought it would be, like, on flights to Australia and places like that. And meeting the president of Turkey at one point. I never thought any of that would happen. Wait, you met the president of Turkey? Yeah, when I was over there. Um, working with these brothers. Nader talked about earlier. IBQS. I recited Quran at the Blue Mosque, <clears throat> and I think, like, I I don't really take myself serious like that. <clears throat> so they came to me afterwards, and I recited Quran at the Blue Mosque. I think it was Surah Al-Mulk. And I just thought, I'm reciting in front of a bunch of people in front of me. It didn't enter my head that this broadcast is all over Turkish television, right? So they came to me, and they said, our president wants to meet you. And I'm like, get out of here. Ain't no president want to meet me for what? You know, they said, no, 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 no. We're serious. We're serious. He wants to meet you. So I said, all right, whatever. I got nothing else to do. <laughs> 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 I'm in y'all's country, so I, I guess I got to do what you say, right? Because y'all driving, so I guess we're going to go meet the president. Fair enough. All right, whatever. So I go, and they bring me to this, Um, it's kind of like a, a museum or something. It was a room anyway, just a room. There was a bunch of other people there, and I'm just sitting there now, right? And I'm just going... Ain't no president want to come here. What's the president want to meet me for? I'm a trailer park boy from Nova Scotia. So I said, you know what? They might trick me because I can't see. They might bring some guy and say he's our president. And I'm like, hey, I met the president. So I went on YouTube and I typed in Turkish president and this Erdogan. And I'm listening to his voice. And I'm like, I'm going to get, I'm going to find out who he actually is. And then they're going to bring me someone and I'm going to tell him off because he ain't the president. Watch. And then they brought in little guards and stuff, and they had to search you. And I was like, hey, they're searching me. That's kind of serious. So they searched us. And then they brought in the president. He had to stand up because he's president of Turkey and stuff. So he stand up. And it actually was him. And he shook hands and told us, told me basically, keep spreading Islam the way you're spreading it. Keep sharing it. You know, keep pushing, keep going forward. And he gave me a scarf that had a Turkish thing on it, a steel. Because he offered me the little hat, you know, the Turkish hat thing. But I didn't want it. I wanted a scarf for my wife because my wife really is my is my backbone. You know, Samia yeah. is my Samia is my champion. You know, she stays home a lot when I do all these tours and all these traveling. So I brought. I wanted to bring her something with the presidential seal on it. So I brought her a scarf, and she still has it today. So it's, right. it's cool to meet the president. Does he speak English? Uh, not much. Not. But that's much. like he's able to talk to you a little bit. A little English? bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And translators. You know. That's awesome, man. Stuff. It was cool meeting him. Mashallah. So, hey, quick question. Mm-hmm. Where did this stigma come up that blind people smile all day? I don't get this. No, we were just talking about Stevie Wonder. No, I'm saying, like, my brother told me this, too. He's like, bro, blind people smile all the time. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> people smile all well, the time? Yeah. I don't, smile I don't get time. it. Me neither. I'm not I smiling always, right now. I probably should smile more. I'm, I am. They're I'm, just I'm, thinking I'm, about Stevie I'm Wonder. I'm an angry blind guy. I don't get it. Like, He's <laughs> <laughs> ABG, son. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like, all these blind people coming in here with smiling. I don't know. Hey, I don't smile all the time. I smile. I smile a lot, quite a bit, but I don't smile all the time. Animal him. Let's continue. Anyway, so uh, Abu Hafsa, talking about this whole thing about like the, the the point about like that we have something that is valuable that we got to share. Yeah, something that's priceless. They have to share. Right, but but like pe- people don't try. Like people have to want to hear it. Now, neither I remember. No, if they want to hear it or not, that's that's up to them. But at least give them an option to hear it. Like this, we're not even giving them a choice to say no. You know what I mean? Like. You can share the Quran with 100 million people, and that's fine. But if they don't want to hear it, okay, fair enough. Then you're off the hook at least. Like if you have – if a doctor gives you – if you go to a doctor and you tell him, 
that you're sick with something and he gives you medicine, he can't make you take that. He can say, yeah, this is the medicine that's going to help you. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. You can say, you know what? I don't care. Bun your ass like medicine and throw it somewhere. Or you can take the medicine and get the benefit from it. So at least give the people the choice to say no. That's what I'm saying. Do you feel that the Quran, if you, if you were to give an English translation to some, as the first intro to Islam, that it's wise for them to give them that be, without them understanding any context or anything like that or not, knowing nothing about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? I mean, um, you, you hear stories about people reading the Quran, like Abdul Rahim Green, like read it over a weekend. And I'm like, damn, this is like, this book is for real. You know, but Abdul a lot of Rahim times- Green is the IRA. Yeah, he's a friend of mine too. Yeah. Are you British IRA guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's something. Because, I mean, I learned it, I learned a little bit about Islam from Malcolm X describing a lot in, in with the basic knowledge that he had. I mean, he had more knowledge than me, which makes him a teacher. Because if someone knows more than you, even if they know a little bit more, then you can learn from them. So I hadn't read the Quran until I actually became Muslim. Just the basic concepts of Islam I liked. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to become Muslim, and if I see something I don't like, I'm gone. <laughs> That's That was kind of my mentality. 22 years later, alhamdulillah, I'm still here. But yeah, I, I don't have a problem with something like that. Then they can come back to you and ask you, what about this verse? What about that verse? What does it say? What does that say? And then you can give them the context if you want. I see. Now, That's how I approach it. There's other ways, but that's the way I would do it. Nada, the other night we were talking about like how when when you met your wife, you weren't really you didn't know that much about Islam, but you said like, oh, well, I <laughs> you were like, but I just know that your religion is wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean the thing is, right? What like, a charmer. So, so whenever I met my wife, whenever I met my wife, um. We, uh, I really wasn't a religious guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I didn't do, I didn't do crazy things because I was terrified of my dad. You know, I feared my dad more than I feared Allah. Let's be real here. Um, and I just did things because I was told to do it. You know, that's pretty much what it was. And uh, but when I met my wife and we became friends and we started talking about, you know, like religious stuff, we'd always have religious talks. Because I would just tell her, it's like, your stuff just doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, this is, like like you said, I didn't really practice Islam, but I knew it was the truth. And I know it's better than what you have. So, <laughs> and then a year about, that's, I mean, I, would, I didn't come straight out and say that, though, because, you know, that's terrible da'wah. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might but, not be a good way of no, doing it. But then about Boys a, and girls don't do this. And then about a year in of knowing each other, she, she gave me a call and she's like, hey, uh, I want to be a Muslim. And then that really, you know, from me teaching her, like teaching her, learning things to teach her, I became on my dean. You know, that that's actually how it happened, subhanAllah. So. Oh, so you would tell her, like, it doesn't make sense. You wouldn't be like, Christianity is, like, lame. No, no, I wouldn't. Yes. <laughs> I was not, okay. not saying that. I thought you would say that. Listen, man, we, we <laughs> you know, she, she was a friend of mine, but I was interested in her, so I didn't want to push her away. <laughs> 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 that had to be nice. You know? <laughs> you know, this kind of doesn't make sense. There's, no, there's I'd a, tell her. I'm it's like, questionable. Why, I'm like, why do you guys pray to a dude? Why do you pray to his mom? Like, why I don't get it. Pray to a dude. Yeah, why do you pray <laughs> to a guy? Nice. Why? Because, nice but he's 100% guy. man, 100% God. And you know, why? 100% dude. 100% dude. You know, and then, and you know, you know, what? Once, you know what's one thing that really got her, that really made her turn? What's that? Uh, the concept of original sin. Yeah, that never made sense that, to me either. That was one thing that really pushed her over. That never you made know? sense. That was actually what took me out of kith. I'm like, how, why come a kid that doesn't have any, like, he hasn't done anything. He's born and you're, he's bad. And then of course you That's Muhammad said every every child is born on a fitrah, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense because you're a clean slate. Nothing has affected you. How can you possibly be a sinner when you're born? Like, talk about being in debt. 
Like already you're bad. I didn't do nothing. All I did was cry, and I'm a sinner. Like that doesn't make any sense. I never, I never got that concept either. As when I was a Christian, so that kind of chased me out of it too. Yeah. So, and when you're doing Dawa these days, like let's walk through some various like groups. Like who, like uh, let's say atheists for example. What are their common contentions that you're you're dealing with, or or maybe talk to us a little about about your Dawa first of all, and maybe I I am more of a speaker, okay. so. Dais are not interchangeable necessarily. There are the debate dais like the Muhammad hijabs, and and I'm not saying one is better than the other. I think everybody has their place. I'm I'm motivational. I'm a speaker. I'll come to your university. I'll come to your school, your masjid, um, and things like that. And I'll talk to the people a little bit. I'm not the the argument guy. I'm not the debate guy. Atheists will come and ask questions like, why if if there's a God, why is there so much bad in the world? things of that nature and it's like that's kind of a childish answer because Allah made us khilafah of this earth so he allowed us to be in control of it to a certain degree and the reason why there's so much bad on this earth is because we are doing so much bad <coughs> on this earth Allah is not a police officer that's going to come and just ah, ah, okay boys behave stop those bombs right like Allah doesn't do that this is us and if you're upset with the state let's say of homelessness in the world then why don't you adopt a homeless person why don't you take care of someone why don't you help someone and as 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 the people say be the change you know do that so i I don't i don't really i'm not that argument guy when they when they come to me i'm more of a motivational guy and i'll i'll present a lot to you in the in the best way that i know how that's kind of what i do help you fundraise and things well what kind of questions do you get from like christians then <clears throat> Same ones like like you know how do you know like who were the witnesses that saw Muhammad's angel in the cave? Because you say well, Islam says you have to have two witnesses, right? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So okay, who were the witnesses that saw Allah's uh, angel in the cave? And I'll say the same ones that saw um, Mary get pregnant with Jesus, <laughs> right? Because you don't have any witnesses yeah. for that either. We believe in it too, though. Then he drops the mic and walks away. And I drop the <laughs> mic and walk away. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. Yeah, a lot of times because I'm not. I'm not that person. I'm not that guy that will get up and talk about the Bible. I don't necessarily attack people. So my message is pretty clear. It's pretty straightforward. La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, is what changed my life, and I'm going to talk to you about that. I'm not going to attack you. I'm not going to confront you. I'm not going to talk too much about the Bible because I don't know a Bible. I didn't read it when I was a kid. I don't know it. I just know that there's stuff in it that I didn't like, and it wasn't for me. Like the story of Noah, you know, being being basically an alcoholic. <laughs> I didn't like that. I don't like why. Okay, why should I follow him since he's an alcoholic who gets naked in front of his children? Why should I follow him? Now, the Noah in the Quran isn't like that. So, of course, I gravitated towards the Noah salam, in the Quran. Um, Lut, you know the story of Lut, and I'm trying to tell it to you in the, in the Bible. In the Quran, the prophet Lut isn't like that. So all these different different things that I present to the people sometimes is just a just a re- reconfiguring of what they already know, I and see. I don't attack things. I'm not I'm not I, like like I like that the, the the brothers who can respectfully do that, but I'm not I'm not one of them. I'm more motivational. I'll tell you about Allah and His Messenger And if you want to know more, then we can talk after the show. Otherwise, I, I've I've presented a message to you, and you know Muhammad said, "Belghuni anni falo ayah." Convey for me even if it's one eye, and that's what I do. R- r- random side question: You brought a prophet Lut alayhi salam. Have you ever met somebody named Lut? I have not. It's unfortunate. <laughs> I would like to. I, you know what? I've said that as if I have a son, I'm going to name him Lut. See what happens. And yeah. I don't know why we don't. He's a prophet. He's a messenger of Allah alayhi salam. 
You know, he was the he was the it cousin of Ibrahim, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he he needs to be brought back because he yeah he was alive during the Ibrahim Alassan's time. Sure, and his message is more relevant now, but maybe that's why people are too afraid of it. Well, probably. I mean, and Muslims have weird like we. At first, I chose the name Malik as my name because of Malcolm X. Muslims, you know, you shouldn't name yourself Malik. Like, the angel of hellfire's name is Malik. So I don't like that. Which, of course, defeats the purpose because there's an Imam Malik, there's Anas ibn Malik, and so on and so forth. So, But this is our weird, because we don't read much, we repeat a lot. So Lut is associated with those people when Lut wasn't one of them. You know, I saw it to Sam, he was a prophet, and he was a messenger, and he was sent by Allah, and, and we should we should honor that name. You know, he's a messenger of Allah. I think it's um, his name is more old. I think like it's not just it hasn't yeah, been used Adam by anyone. Adam is older. No, no, but, but <laughs> Adam I'm, is used all the time. Adam no, but if older. you even look at any like <laughs> if you look at a hundred years ago, right? Okay. Or even two, three hundred years ago, you don't see any scholar named Luth. No, I've never even heard of one. Like from the Sahaba on down, I've never yeah, heard. Exactly. Like, so that's what I'm saying. I I'm, don't think it's because people I'm are Luth ibn Abdullah radiallahu. I've never even heard anything like that. Luth is not even a name that I've heard anywhere that anyone, except for the Messenger, alayhi salam. So I've never heard anyone named Luth. I guess there are other prophets like Sheath. You don't hear. You never heard it. No, him too. Yeah, Sheath. I've or never Hood. heard. Hood. Hood. No. Yeah. Saleh. Yeah. I've heard Saleh once or twice. Yeah, Saleh. That's a real common Palestinian yeah. name. Is Saleh. Saleh. Yeah. Saleh. But not Hud, not Sheath, not Dhul Kifl. <laughs> Dhul Kifl. Or yeah. Noon. Right? There's another one. I've never heard that. Sheath either. is pretty dope. I actually like that name. Yeah, yeah. Sheath is cool. <laughs> Sheath Rollins is in the Survivor Series tonight. <laughs> so the, the, the work with Ayer. <laughs> is, that, is that what that translates to? It is. Seth, Seth yes. Yeah, really? Seth, oh, yeah. I never That's got cool, that. right? It's dope. It's good. Uh, so so all, all the stuff with uh, the, the Dawa work, you, you did some work with the use of Estes, right? Sure. Um, so just basically the, the motivational talks and stuff. So are you Yeah, I'm more motivational. Okay. Do you do as far – so what do you – now, are you still doing that stuff or do you use kind of like full-time Islam by Touch these days? I mean, Islam by Touch are the group that books me the most. I'm, I'm not – I'm not exclusive, I guess you could say. Am I? Am I exclusive? Uh, as long as you're not booked with us, I don't care what yeah, you Yeah, no, they get first. <laughs> obviously, they get first priority on me. But I, like, I'll come anywhere. You know, I'll go to talk anywhere if you want. Just as long as there's no bullets flying, I'm probably pretty good. So, I have a lead allergy. So in terms of awareness, <laughs> well, what are you? You didn't sell that last <laughs> comment, did you? He didn't sell it completely. Go ahead. Sorry. In terms of awareness, well, what are you really <laughs> focusing on in in uh, Whatever communication that Islam by Touch Islam. is having you do, yeah, Islam by Touch. I, I help with their social media. I put videos up for them on a number of different topics. They're more, they're like kind of like y'all sponsors, if you want to say it that way. The way you did those sponsors earlier, yeah, Wahed Financial and stuff. That's kind of what I'm doing at, at the moment for Islam by Touch. To a degree, they sponsor my videos and I post them on their pages and try to get people to like their stuff. <clears throat> um, at Islam by Touch on everything, by the way. Pretty much, you can y'all can follow it, and I just I try to help out where I can. You know, that's that's it. I did no, the same no, thing with guidance before too. In terms of like like lecturing and the message that you want to bring in in awareness to the Muslim community in the West, what are you trying to get them to be more aware of? Well, obviously it's it's the Braille Quran, but with somebody touch, you mean? Yes. Yeah, it's 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 the idea that blind people have been neglected. I haven't really talked too much about blind people in my career, um, I guess you could say, 
But since Islam by Touch back in 2016 called me, I've been kind of focused on that a little bit. But I mean, I've talked about lots of different stuff. But yeah, blind people have definitely been... I mean, I had to learn the Quran with, with Arabic Braille. And I had to learn that dot by dot. It wasn't something that I just knew all of a sudden. Because Arabic Braille and English Braille are very different. There's no qaf in, in English. There's no ta. There's no vod. There's no sad. There's no ain or ha or kha. So you have to learn all these letters. And there's no... Sacking and there's no. Oh, I, there's a solution for that. You use the numbers. You put the seven as a ha. <laughs> the, the the number seven because yeah. so that's what uh, a lot of the Arabs do when they're like talking in chat room messages. Yeah, I see it. They put like okay. sevens after. Unless that's you, not gonna uh, work in Braille. I, th- I think I think what that is is because in in the Arabic keyboard, like yeah. on the regular Arabic keyboard, I think seven makes the ha. Right. I think that's why. Is that right? But um, but Braille doesn't work that way. Yeah, no, it oh, doesn't. You can't put a number seven in the middle. Yeah. Oh no! You put a number they'll say, seven. They'll say things L seven do little lot. It's not gonna work, yeah, brother. It's not gonna, gonna work. work. So <laughs> when you when you learn, I, what's your name? Moseven Med. Hey, when when you learn Arabic and Braille, because you you didn't know Arabic already. You know English Braille. Yeah. How did you learn Arabic? Like, how does that work? Like, how do you learn Arabic Braille? I'll be very honest. I opened the, the Quran, and I remember a brother had brought me one. He knew, um, had a contact in Saudi Arabia, and they sent it to me. And I'm, first of all, I go to his house, right? And the, my Quran is in a box. <laughs> I was like, this is a box. Your Quran fits in your pocket. And I'm like, that's, that's the Quran? Or what is that? That's six different volumes that are about as big as a phone book each. So I, I take one. I don't even know if it was the first one or not. I take uh, Yeah, it was because it was the English was written on it. So I took the first one and I opened it. And I didn't recognize anything. I recognized just like the number one, the number two, the number three. So I thought, okay, that must be the verse numbers. And I figured that, that was the first thing I learned. But I couldn't read anything. And they're like telling me, read, read, read. And I'm like, I can't read. And I'm like, this is familiar. <laughs> Somebody else went through this. Iqra, 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 ma'ani biqari. Read, read, read. I can't read. So I, I had to learn it basically by having a brother spell everything out for me. And I, and I used the numbers as a guide for that, right? So the Fatiha, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is ayah number one. So he would spell Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And I would be like, okay, that's a ba. That must be a, a, a kasra sign beside the ba. So, okay, fair enough. Then there's the scene and so on and so on. And I would copy the letters on a braille machine. So this is bad, this is seen, this is meme, this is alif, so on and so on and so on, until I got all the letters. So kind of like transliteration? No, it's not transliteration, because the letters are different, right? And you have okay. vowel points, and you have tajweed okay. markers, and you have to learn all that. And you have to just go, okay, that, this must mean to do that. Like, um, like the, uh, so, so uh, ten uh, let, me, let me let me try let me try let me try to take a a, a whack at this right. So um so the way it worked was right. So the brother was with Abu Hafsa, yeah, right, and he was like, okay, we start at the Fatiha. So Abu Hafsa would would find the number. He'd recognize the number. So that's the first ayah. So he's like, okay, so the first letter should be ba, and the first thing Abu Hafsa would feel is the character for ba. Yeah, exactly. And he would relate that, and he'd type it in into a like a, what's known as a braille writer, which is like a braille typewriter. So this is he has an Arabic braille Quran, good on, and a, and yeah, a teacher yeah. who doesn't. No one knows Arabic braille at this point, even the yeah. teacher. And you gotta remember, there isn't no so what's he Arabic for? braille Sunday schools? Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying. But what's he feeling? <laughs> he has an Arab. Do you have an Arabic braille like Mus'haf. key or something? No, Mus'haf. 
I don't have the key. Oh, I wrote, so I wrote, he, oh, I wrote the key yeah. myself. So he had a regular mushaf. I, I felt um, you. Hafsa had a braille mushaf, and I'm and writing he just the went key letter by letter. You know and I'm, I'm writing saying? the key. I'm the one who's writing I, the key. I, I got yeah. you. So I had to write an Arabic letter key. These are the letters: Alif ba ta tha jim ha kha dal dal sin shin so and so and so and so. Right. Then you get the little symbols. Okay, this is Bismillah. So there's a there's a beside it there's a kasra. So, all right, that's a kasra. And you write that. E B T C G H H T so 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 with with the kasra, then you find out that there's another symbol called fatha, and you write that, and you use lama, so you write that. So you learn all these, and then you learn like tajweed symbols and where you have to make things longer and medlazims and so on and so forth. You learn all these different symbols slowly, slowly by going through it. It took long, bro. It took really a long time. That I'm still like... actually reading it to this point. Wow, I have finished the Quran a few times in braille. But it's 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 something where you have to literally practice it every day, and now it's gotten to the point where my Arabic braille is better than my English braille because I don't use English braille that much. Until of course now they came along with the Islam by touch, so Alhamdulillah that's that's where we are. But I didn't have any of this stuff; it wasn't available to me at all. Cool. And there's no internet, Facebook, braille Arabic group in 1996 or whatever seven or whatever it was. There's none of that. I got you. So, so Nader, as as we start winding things up today, uh, yeah, what's on the what's on the table for Islam by Touch? What's go, what's new? Is it a, anything else happening? But you're just trying to like still the same where you're where you're trying to again raise the funds to to get these Qurans out there. That's definitely main priority. You know what I mean? We we only we only got these in about fifteen states. Okay, you know. Did you um, did you guys uh, look into setting up a launch good or anything? We like that? we origin we uh, that was our first major step. Okay. We did a launch good. Alhamdulillah, we did great. And that's what got us on our startup. Oh, okay. we, inshallah, that's actually something we're looking into is, is going in because we want to expand, you know. Like, w- one goal of Islam by Touch is, of course, we want to do this. We want to make this this information available to the blind community. Uh, why? Because we want to be equal in, in that regards. You know, we deserve to be treated just like, you know, the sighted yeah. community does, right? So um, so that's why whenever I hire people, like, for example, Abu Hafsa is, like, one of my first real hires. I want to give – if I can give the job to a blind guy than a sighted guy, and he does as good of a job, if not better, I'm going to hire the blind guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so, uh, so, of course, getting these broken-ons out there to people, to institutions, to massages, stuff like that, we need funds because we're only funded by the community. Uh, we actually just released an app for iOS – Right, we just released the Islam by Touch app for iPhones, and what's really cool about the app is that um, it's a regular app. Right, you can use it, Mahin can use it, uh, you guys can use it just like a regular Quran app. But it's built to work with uh, the accessibility feature in the iPhone called Voiceover. So there's tons of these Quran apps in the uh, in the App Store, right? Not one of them are built with voiceover in mind. So I can't favorite an ayah. I can't set an ayah to be repeated to me. I, you know what I mean? It, it may not even read anything to me. It'll just, it'll, I'll put my finger on the screen. And it'll just be like there's nothing there. Yeah. You understand what I mean? So I built an <clears throat> app that can be accessible to blind people. And uh, our sighted counterparts can just use it as a simple Quran or Islamic literature app too. Um, and then, you know, we're working on other things like trying to put different books in Braille. I'm currently working on uh, Fortress of the Muslim, uh, that Dua'at book. Awesome. Uh, working on that, too. Um, you know, we have different projects, but it takes money, bro. You guys know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. takes money. So, uh, you know, we're, we're working on different things. Inshallah, the, the community can keep supporting us. 
and I need to get some sponsors like you guys do. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we're, if the if there's anyone listening and is uh, appreciative of the work that Nader is doing with the Sound by Touch, make sure you check out under the description of this video or of this podcast how to support the Sound by Touch. Soundbytouch.com. Soundbytouchbite.com. Yeah. That's it. And Abu Hafsa, what else you got going on? But like, how can people reach out to you or find yeah. out more about your your, your work? I mean, there's at Abu Hafsa Claire on YouTube on um, Twitter. There's Abdulmalik Claire on YouTube, and there's Abu Hafsa Abdulmalik Claire on Facebook. So I'm, I'm yeah, I'm here, man. Just are you? What do you? What do you tweet? Whatever. Yeah. Whatever comes up, I might tweet them pizza we had last. So night. how how does that? <laughs> okay. So one thing I don't understand is when you got y'all on your phone, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. It is, talks. How does Twitter? How do you know what the tweet or like? How does that? Is, is it? Is oh, is that the thing you showed me the other day? Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, there's there's a feature. It's not even a software. It's a feature baked into the iPhone. It's called VoiceOver. Can you hold it up to the camera real quick? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Once you hold it up, so well, people I mean, can see. Just, yeah, since uh, yours was talking earlier. Wait, well, yeah, I think I turned it off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I, sh- show them the idea because I. I I, I was wondering off. how you're texting me all the time, and I'm like, this dude can't see. I turned it off because <laughs> you guys told me to turn it off. So. <laughs> okay. That's but right. I'm loading up. But what pretty much what it is is that um, there's a feature called voiceover, okay? And with this feature, what it does is is anything you touch on the screen, it it'll read it to you, okay? Oh, yeah, that's so, the, um, the accessibility thing that it, always turns it, on on my Xbox. Exactly, yeah, which I don't even know. I, I don't know, know why Xbox it turns on. I think it's the, the connect or something. Xbox accessible? I didn't know yeah, that. yeah, X- Xbox. So, you know, start playing video games. So, so if you guys can see. 22800 yeah, Marshall. As you can see, I'm pretty busy. I'm not sending him an email ever. So anything I touch on the screen here, it'll read it to me. See? And if I want to uh, interact with it, Right, let's go into Expedia here. I just double tap the screen and it'll open it up. Expedia. And uh, and anything I touch on the screen once it loads, it'll tell me like my flights and stuff, you see? See that? So But how do you initially uh, set it up? Uh actually it's it's really really easy. You Built can actually in. tell Siri to turn it on and off. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so uh, you nice. could literally say Siri turn on voiceover, Siri turn off voiceover and it always bothers it. me like when you're in New York you see one of these signs on a subway or something like don't fall off the ledge in Braille. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> That's so great. Don't Why would you walk by like that? <laughs> don't fall off the ledge in Braille. Okay, wait. blind people, look that way. Yeah. Stare that way at the Braille sign. <laughs> says, don't fall off the Abu ledge. Hafsa, one more. I actually forgot that. I was going to ask you this in the beginning cause about you being Canadian stuff. Yeah. So m- m- Muslims in America got a real hard on for Justin Trudeau. Excuse me? It's inappropriate. <laughs> this is the this Mad Mamooks, Mad bro. Wow. This, is where, this, is, where it, okay. this is where inappropriate lives. <laughs> <laughs> they got a real what? Who? <laughs> so it, 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 is, is, is he all like hype? Is it all like photo ops? But like, is no, he actually I mean, a good prime minister? Or like, what do you think? I don't. I, I don't know. He's. I don't. Is what it is. I don't hate him. I think he's better than what we had. I never voted for him. Who was the prime minister before? You, you think he's better than Trump? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah, of course. Trump, yeah. You want to get me banned from the country, right? You want to get me banned from the country? Yeah, no, no, he's, he's. I mean, Mahin. I like. I, he's he's cool. He's like he's like the celebrity prime minister, right? He's he's every on everything, and people tend to like him. He's apologizing for everything now, right? He's saying I'm sorry for stuff that happened like 500 years ago. He made weed legal. 
strangely enough. Nova Scotians never thought it was illegal. I don't know. <laughs> Wasn't it always legal? <laughs> Especially where I grew up. It was like, damn, we didn't know it was illegal before. <laughs> it's, it's legal now. It was always. So he, he didn't, did that. And like Anyway, I, I think he does more good than not. I don't think he's perfect, though. Okay, your guy uh, before was Harper. Harper, yeah, he was a goof. He was an idiot. Was he that was... the guy that was doing crack? No, that was no, mayor, that was right? Rob Ford. <laughs> that, that was a mayor of Toronto. <laughs> that was a mayor of Toronto. <laughs> yeah, I tried crack, sure. <laughs> in a drunken stupor, and I tried. Yeah, but see, you know what? I'm gonna say something. That all that stuff came out just after he refused to go to the gay pride parade. He refused to attend the pride parade, and then all that stuff about him doing that came out. Wow! Interesting. Look yeah. at the agenda, bro. See, it's like that's it. Like I, I'm that's that's I'm not saying that that's why because he obviously totally admitted why. to it. He obviously, <laughs> admi- but he admitted to it too. It's not like he was like railroaded. He admitted to it, but that's just after that all, all that before that all came out. He refused to go to the gay pride parade. So it's like that's that's the thing. I'm not a big fan of any of them because none of them care about me like that. So, so since you mentioned that as well. I, I've got another question. He wants to get me so hey, bad. You no, know, as for both of you guys, yeah, go for as it. a blind question. Yeah, sure. All right, because I think I, I didn't think about this last night. It probably wouldn't have been appropriate asking the mustard, right? <laughs> but since you guys can't see women, why does it matter where you like like put your your members? Like, why couldn't it <laughs> be? Why why why? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why would it have to be? A, you, you got what I'm saying? Wait. Like, wait, no, like, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 No, because, like, dude, as, as guys, right, as sighted men, we look at women and we're like, there's a visual stimulation. Yeah, right. Okay. How do you guys, like, like, how does that... How do you pick a wife? Or how do you get excited and, like, if, you, if that part is missing or... Or like what? There's part? other or, 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 there's other stimulation. Okay, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Okay. Bro, there's more. And... There's more to a chick than her body. But, but, What's but, wrong but with let's, you, dog? Let's let's, let's kind of be clear here, right? So I have, I have some vision. Women so are I can not still objects. See them, right? That's the one. So a guy and a girl don't look the same to you. Can you distinguish no. between? Yeah, absolutely. I learned that in third grade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> other than that, what? I learned that in third grade. Yeah. Guys and girls look the same. No, it's uh, see, you just objectified the whole gender of females. That's what you did because you just look at him like you just look. Good and that's it. There's nothing else. But, no. but no, no, I, I get what he's saying. He's saying like initial. No, I want to get him in trouble though. But he's talking about like <laughs> a, initial attraction, right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah. for okay. them. Initial attraction. Like when you, when you when you met your wife, you met her in college or something. I met her at a, at a college program. Okay, so I could see her. I, I could still see her. She was close enough to now, me. She couldn't see you though. So she like for her, me. she just knows you're a dude. and You sound like a dude. Yeah, I guess so. And she's like, I'm supposed like to like. But is it like I'm supposed to like guys? Is it because like that's a thing? <laughs> yeah, like I guess I, I guess being. Like you still have, pu- I guess you still hit puberty. Yeah, yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah, we still hit puberty. What are you talking about, brother? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. So, 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 question. So, as a Daisy, how are you attracted to people that don't smell like curry and biryani? <laughs> I'm so dead. <laughs> So bro, dead. you understand? <laughs> you, that's that's how the question that I'll you never, asked me I will never get sounded again. like. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> the, 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 there was a chick in high school, man. This chick off the boat. She used to come to. She used to come to school. This every is like day. the Howard Stern of Muslim <laughs> podcasts, right? Is it? She used, is to come, she used to come to school every day. Smell like Fritos and onion rings. Okay. <laughs> and then I like, back up. No, I mean like I like Fritos. I don't talk like I, like I, I I'm a ABCD. What they call it. I'm not into like Daisy girls that are like super Daisy. Okay. You know. I get okay. that. I get, but I I, I kind of see what you're saying. I'm yeah, just you like, understand what I'm saying? I'm gonna have a hard time wrapping it around my hand around there's like other no, no. there's other ways to be to be attracted other than visual. Like like for me, for example, I I like someone I could talk to. 
my wife, I met her in Kenya, and we, we had great conversations. So that's the first opening attraction to me. Mm. Oh, you me. met her but, in Kenya? Yeah. She but, is from Kenya? She's from Kenya. Holy cow. But you, you what? What were you doing right? in Kenya? I was there setting up a business. My ex is also from there, too. My ex grew up in Toronto, though, but we met in Toronto. She wanted our kids to, and we're still cool. There's, there's no heat in the divorce, but we went there so that the kids could get um, exposure to, you know, Kenyan life and learn a little bit and stay. They stayed there for two years. While I was there, I set up a business. I tried to. And then during that process, I met my current wife. Is your for, wife sighted? <clears throat> yeah. Wow. She said it. But but like like I, I like you 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 noticed by the voice, right? Yep. Like you, that was the first thing was yeah. the voice. Second thing was the conversation. Like I've heard Abu so like, you know, like hear a voice but like nope. <laughs> yeah, no. That's 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 it. For me it's the, it's the it's the audible thing. I can I can listen to you talk and if I like the way you talk, then I want to hear what you have to say. That's it. Then like all the physical stuff, whatever that comes later, but Hmm. For me, initially, it's it's audible. I, I like mean, to hear how you say things, and then I want to hear what's in your head because I don't want a dummy. You know, you don't want to be with a dummy. Yeah. How did Ray Charles do? It? He felt the wrist. Yeah, he used to do that. He would he like grab their hands and wrists and stuff. That's okay, so like, if let's say that <laughs> you start doing that now, you go to jail, dog. It's me too. Let's say there's a sister out there who's like super intelligent and got everything going for her, but she's really unattractive. Um, should she then go? Do you think a blind person would be a good person for her to marry? How do I know? I don't know that. Maybe <laughs> because he wouldn't be judging her based on her, his look. Such a toolbox. Look at this guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I, guy's I, I, a goof. I'm trying to help out the community here. <laughs> I mean, we have a marriage crisis, and half our DNA can't. Apparently, have a mental illness one too. <laughs> Lord. I don't know. What are you asking me for? I don't know what people... I mean, she likes you're, blind you're, people. You're, uh, me and you are the leading authority on, on blind, blind people. I don't even talk about... I haven't, I just started talking about blind people two years ago. I don't know nothing about them. I, like I told you, I wasn't allowed to be around them when I was a kid. I was... I, I, you know, it. You know what's a problem in the blind community as a, in, in general? Not Muslim blind community, blind community in Driving general. is a problem in the Yeah, huge, huge community. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I've been... Um, so, when I was, like, a teenager, when I was, like, 17... Yeah. My dad was super, super, super strict, right? Okay. <laughs> so he would never let me do anything. But whenever it came to, like, these blind programs, I don't know. I thought maybe he thought it was, like, academic or something. So he let me do them. So I, I just did them because I could get out of the house. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I was the complete opposite. My mom but would never let me go to those, but, but I went to everything else. Your mom else. let you do everything else. Your yeah, mom made a strict else. Arab had, from, you know, that didn't want you to look at girls. I had, <laughs> I had, I had girlfriends in middle school. I had girlfriends in high school. I was, so, I was a wrestler. So one thing everything. I noticed was is that um, – in the blind community, they're really like promiscuous, like really promiscuous. Really, because you know what it is. Brother nobody said that with excitement. You hear how he nobody. said that? <laughs> really? Whoa! Good golly gosh! M- Goodness gracious! <laughs> no. Well, Mahin is actually interested. In no, no. Holy birth no, control, I'm gonna, Batman. I'm gonna tell you why. Because they, uh, they, you know, they they get a lot of times they get treated like like they're not there. You understand what I'm saying? Right. And you have a girl. Pretty, uh, pretty girl, and you know, people are looking at it and say, "Hey, talking to her, giving her attention." Holla. You know what I mean? Yeah. And things happen, man. I'm telling you, man. These I, I worked didn't... at a camp. I worked at a camp for blind people. Okay. These freaking people, bro. It's it's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing it's about weird, any of them. They're getting it on. Like, like hey. I would go home on the weekend, and I'd come back, and they'd tell me stories. I'm like, "What the hell's going on, bro?" <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. conversation <laughs> went so like bad. I don't know anything about any of that because I wasn't allowed to go to those. 
So thank you for listening to the Mad Mom. <laughs> That's see, this is why y'all only got sixteen dollars in your in your laundry. <laughs> exactly. You, you know, you're... my goodness. I, yeah, I, I was like all the all the folks who tuned out when I said let's wrap up. We were the wrap up. They like they this is the after this is the after party right here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's really wrap up now. No, right. I like this. We're having fun here. Let's talk about more. Let's get some well well. You know the best thing to do when you're uh, when you're on thin ice is dance. You know that, right? You might as well keep it going. Let's let's, let's get me banned from another country. Let's go. Above hey. <laughs> what do you think about gun control? There, ask me that. Let's go. I'd say it depends on who's holding them. <laughs> cool. Well, anyways, as we wrap up here for real now, uh, we want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. So, like, yeah, as long as they still are sponsors, <laughs> hopefully they're not watching this. Half half com. Half half Ardeen? Yeah, so um like it, Can blind people go there and find <laughs> they actually, I, I, they actually half uh, of our half. Half of our half. Uh half. we actually we actually tested it for them. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. We actually tested the accessible? accessibility of that website. It is accessible, yes. Mm, nice. Yeah. <laughs> blind so. people. Do you want a second wife you go there? No, they they don't allow second wife. Oh they don't? Uh, it, it, it would be but basically what not. What if I d- want all my dean? Can I get like two wives and it can be all of my dean? Because <laughs> well, half is one. Based what, what Nader just four? said, though, like it sounds like a, a, a blind girl for a second wife. You could, like if you're like <laughs> need a freak or something. Is that is that what you're here no, saying? No, man. Is that <laughs> what I picked up? Not saying that. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> Woo! I'm never giving a chutzpah ever again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it is. <laughs> Couple other sponsors again. Yeah, I really should have listened to this podcast before I came here. Well, Wahid Invest and MyWasia, and check out my check out our, our show notes for the MyWasia discount code. Um, you know, and leave us a five star review in iTunes. <laughs> we have a launch code campaign that's active right now, and, and if it's there got are any, like fifteen dollars in there. If there are any divorce, if there are any divorce lawyers that are listening, you might want to tune into the show a bit more because you, you know because people are going to start talking about freaking and all these different things. So, <laughs> a lot help us. I mean, no, no. <laughs> bad club fecal guys. We always, I always love coming around you guys. You guys are awesome, and uh, seriously, guys, um, if you're watching this, if you're a fan of this, uh, shout out to the mailman. If you're a fan of this, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Number two. No, no, but seriously, no, guys, if, yeah, uh, it's, if it's, you could, man, go cool. support them. Uh, Absolutely, go to that launch good. Go do your thing. And then after you're done with them, we actually uh, need more podcasts that talk about real issues. So yeah, I'm, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm messing with them, but I was happy to be here. Alhamdulillah. Absolutely. Yeah, Barakallah guys. We appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Uh, get, yeah, and then subscribe on YouTube. Tell your friends about it. And that's it for our co for my co-host Sim and for our special guest Abdul Abu Hafsa Abdul Malik Claire and Nadir Tabata from Islam by Touch. This is Mahin for the Mad Mamluks signing off. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs>